Okay. So good evening, afternoon, evening, whatever. Um, the shilas that come up oftentimes uh, during the three weeks and the nine days, um, there's actually, it's a little bit fascinating, the, the contrast between um, the shilas that come up during this time and shilas that may arise if someone is Rachmanalitzlan sitting Shiva or in Avelos, because the idea is basically the same that there is an Avelos that we have, and while uh, a true Avelos is obviously uh, felt by the Avel, we are challenged to feel the Avelos of the three weeks and nine days. It's something that we have a lot of trouble fully grasping what exactly it is that we're missing, that we have to go through these, you know, these things. So, we want to bathe a little more, we want to have a good time, we want to, we want to do and have all the things that we're used to having, and the real yesod, the real foundation behind uh, being able to um, fully understand and appreciate what exactly we're doing during the three weeks, nine days in Tisha B'Av is to, to really understand that, that there's, there's real Avelis going on here. It happens to be that now, more than uh, other times, uh, unfortunately, Klal finds itself in a state of tzara, in which we're, we are in a state of, of severe crisis, where um, the, the true solution has nothing to do with victory on the battlefield, the true solution has to do with uh, Mashiach, has to do with building with the base of Mikdash, has to do with things uh, getting to where they really should be and where they almost were once upon a time. So when we are focusing on what it is that we have to do during the three weeks, the nine days Tisha B'Av, really um, pays to keep in mind what exactly these days are all about and to realize that we are mourning the lack of a Beis HaMikdash. We are supposed to be uh, really feeling uh, terrible, this terrible void in our lives, in our spiritual lives, even in our physical lives. Um, there's, there's a lot that we don't have as Klal Yisrael, and that is what we are trying to appreciate through the Avelus of these days. Now, that being said, there are uh, specific halachas that apply to these different time periods. Time is broken down. There's a, a, there is, um, I guess you could say, we descend deeper and deeper into the morning period, starting with uh, Shavas Rebetamas, starting with the beginning of the three weeks. Then we hit Rosh Chodesh Av, and we start the nine days. That leads to Shavuah Shachalbo, the week in which Tisha B'av falls out. So if Tisha B'av falls out on a Tuesday, so there are two days that Sunday and Monday have a slightly more intense uh, flavor to them. As far as Svartim are concerned, there's really no such thing as the nine days. There's really just Shavuah Shechalbo, really just that week of Tishabov. That is where the, the heavy duty Avelis uh, kicks in. And Erev Tishabov is even stronger in that afternoon. And then obviously Tisha B'Av itself is when we find ourselves uh, deep in that Velus, sitting on the floor, uh, not having shoes, and fasting. 
etc. So we're going to start with the halachas of the three weeks, move on to the nine days, and we'll see how far we get, um, and uh, we'll see where we get to. Okay, there are five categories of things that one is not allowed to do during the three weeks. Five isur. Number one is there is a, an isur of haircut, shaving. There, number two, there's an isur on music, prohibition of music. Number three, uh, saying she'achiyanu is an issue. Number four, getting married is, uh, is an issue. And number five, doing dangerous things. Okay, so we'll go into the details of, of these halachas. So, the halacha is that all adults uh, and kids that are uh, of chinuch age, are, it is also for them to get a haircut, shave, whatever the case may be. Um, it, all adults are included. Even kids that have not reached the age of chinuch, even little kids, three years old to two, three, four years old, they haven't reached the age of chinuch. They have no idea what's going on. Nonetheless, the minog is that they too do not get haircuts uh, during this time unless there is tsar, unless there's the, the kid has some sort of pain. If um, somebody wanted to test the uh, viscosity of their bubble gum against their little sister's head and stuck it into their hair, so then one can cut the little kid's hair in order to get the gum out. Even in, even if it happens to an adult, you can cut the hair. But um, uh, to, to alleviate some sort of tsar, one is allowed to cut hair of a little kid, but otherwise the minog is not to. Um, in the situation where there's a tsnias issue, if somebody's uh, shaitel or hair covering is not uh, working out without cutting something, so then, there's, then one is allowed to uh, cut hair for that reason. In a situation, and this doesn't apply to women, where there is uh, a loss of parnasa involved, so there's a hetter for men to shave or get a haircut, if that, uh, whatever the case may be. The hetter is if they are afraid that it's going to cause their reputation to be tarnished and they really may lose their job, lose uh, promotion, something's gonna go wrong in their job. If you're just gonna have to deal with uncomfortable questions, well, that just happens anyway. So uh, if it happens during the three weeks, it's not a big deal. And there's no hatter to avoid uh, weird questions. What if you're a barber? If you are a barber, for who? I don't know, general public. <laughs> for, well, for non-Jews, you can cut hair. You can cut hair. Yeah. Um, cutting nails is mutter. Cutting nails is mutter during three weeks. There's no limitation on that. Only Shuvah Shachalba. That's the only time where there may be uh, a, an, an issue of cutting nails. But certainly during the three weeks, um, it, is, it is not a problem. A boy who's in Shiduchim uh, should not shave. Hopefully the girl understands. Um, uh, for a, a woman to uh, tweeze her eyebrows, uh, post can say that that is mutter because of where it is. The eyebrows, uh, that is okay. Uh, electrolysis is okay. Um, anywhere, and um, the only hetter for a woman to shave is if they are a married woman or a girl who is in Shiduchim, they have a hetter to shave. Um, otherwise, these Isurim apply to everyone else. The, the Isur of music. The idea behind music, obviously, is that um, listening to music, it brings one uh, simcha, and having that kind of simcha during this time is, uh, is problematic. So, 
all instrumental music, whether it be live, whether it be recorded, that is all usr. A cappella music. So, there are poskim, uh, a, a number of poskim who say that it is equally usr, believe it or not. Even though um, it's, it would seem that all of the music is being done um, by mouth, uh, nonetheless, it is a problem. Rav Shalom Arbach says that even singing, like if a group of people get together and they sing in a way that leads them to dancing, that's also usr. Because the isr is any kind of musical type of thing that leads to simcha. Now there are, I, I believe that there are matirim, but um, uh, Shmuel Kamenetsky uh, is not into the a cappella music. Uh, it certainly would not seem to be in the spirit of the halacha. Maybe if it was a slow song or something a little more mournful, maybe that would be uh, certainly more on the mutter side of things. But, you know, things that are a cappella and, you know, uh, really get things going, so then that is a problem. Now, the only time music is an issue is if you're doing it and having simcha from it. But if you're listening to music for other reasons, then it's okay. So first of all, if your cell phone is music, that's all right. Um, it, it's probably cool the first couple of times and then after that, whatever. But uh, that's, that's certainly not a lot of simcha involved in that. Um, if somebody needs music for the, the rhythmic, um, for the, for the rhythm for exercise, if they, need, if they need it in order to keep up a certain pace, and that's how they, that's how they do it, uh, it's with, uh, with, uh, with music, that's fine. If a person's driving and they need the music to stay awake, so then also that's okay, because the music is not being listened to. For simcha, there's an, uh, an ulterior uh, motive for the listening of the music. If a kid has a, if a little baby has a, has a mobile uh, that goes around and has music, certainly no simcha involved in that. Um, when it comes to kids' story tapes that have background music, that's fine. Any situation of background music, if, you're, if the idea is not for the music, it's all right. So you don't have to avoid the doctor's office or Martin's or any place like that because there's music playing. You're there. There is music. Don't focus on it. Don't enjoy it. And, and, uh, and you're okay. Something like Uncle Moshi, which is music, and it's, it's all about the songs. So certainly up until age six, it's mutter. Um, not, you know, this, again, it's not the type of thing that should be done in public, where uh, people hear music blasting out of your house or out of your car, because they might get the wrong idea. But uh, even that kind of music is, is, uh, is mutter. Our Shalom Zaman Arbach has a hetter if a person is feeling uh, particularly depressed and down, and they need the music as a, as a kind of a pick-me-up, so then listening to music, that's the type of situation a person should probably ask a Shiloh, but then listening to, to music um, would be all right. Um, if there is a, someone is a professional musician, so obviously they can't play for Jewish people, because what are the Jewish people doing listening to music, but they can play for non-Jews if it's their parnasa. If someone is taking music lessons, so it is best not to take those lessons during the three weeks. If there is a fear that they will terribly regress or, or slash and, there will be a, a serious loss of money. So then until Rosh Chodesh Av, until the nine days, um, one could be matirit, but beyond that it's already, uh, it's already pushing it. 
and a Shevra Brachas. So even though we said that singing to, you know, to, to, to come to, to dancing, that would not be allowed. But at a Shevra Brachas, one is allowed to sing and dance during the three weeks. Singing, even in a you know, more uh, upbeat way, is mutter on Shabbos. It's mutter at a Udas Mitzvah. If there's a bris or bar mitzvah, um, one can sing at that. Uh, if someone is singing, they're davening, whatever, that's okay. If someone is singing for inspirational purposes, that is, um, that, that's also all right as well. Uh, if it's, if a, a teacher or a mora or a counselor wants to, if they, they did something great, there's some sort of seum, there's they finished something, and they want to celebrate by, by dancing a little bit, that is fine. That kind of dancing, if it, that's a, it's certainly a simchas, a simcha shal mitzvah, and that would be mutter during the three weeks. Okay, the next category of iser is the iser of making the bracha shachiyana. So, the, the, the real issue with uh, saying shachiyanu is that it's not appropriate to say the words. It's not so much like the new thing that you're making a shachiyanu on, during three weeks, it more has to do with that we're saying that Hashem has given us the opportunity to get to this time. Well, this time isn't so great. And this is not the kind of time that we want to be in. So to make that bracha is considered, you know, quote unquote, inappropriate during this time. And that is why we avoid saying shachiyanus. And Avel is allowed to make a shachiyanu. Novel makes a shachianu on uh, mitzvahs and different things like that. Because there's no, it's, their, their avelos has nothing to do with the zman that they're in, has nothing to do with the time that they're in, just has to do with something that happened in their lives. So therefore saying, lazman hazeh, saying that Hashem has gotten me to this time, well this time, the, the, the time frame itself is not a, time, a problematic time frame. So... There is an exception, a, a halachic exception for making a shachianu on Shabbos. That on Shabbos, one is allowed to, um, uh, somebody has a new fruit, so then they can make a shachianu on Shabbos. But the Arizal was machmir about it. So you'll find that there are different minhagim uh, about it. And it depends if somebody's uh, a straight halacha type of person or an Arizal type of person. If, um, if a woman is uh, expecting and she has a craving, so even if your husband says, uh, sorry, it's the, uh, it's the three weeks, you can't make a shachian or whatever it is that you want, you could tell him that uh, actually it's okay because uh, you, know, you can go out at two o'clock in the morning and get whatever that new food is because for a pregnant woman, it's okay. Shachianu uh, on a new daughter. Somebody has a daughter, so there are different minhagim about it, but it's brought down that one should make a shachianu. So to make a shachianu on a new daughter, well, that's okay also. On new clothing, so there are different, even, so the halacha is that if somebody buys new clothes that really give a person simcha, so they make the bracha shachianu. Nowadays, there are different minhagim as to when exactly one does that when that applies. Uh, some people certainly, I mean, we have lots of things and lots of clothing. Back in the day, somebody had 
one suit and four, one dress, and they made it last for years on end. So getting something new was really a big deal. Nowadays, depending on the exact article of clothing, it's not such a big deal. So therefore, um, I think generally most people on shoes and uh, shoes and socks and, and shirts and, and just very basic clothing, people do not make a shafianu. On a very special thing, sometimes men on a suit or, uh, or possibly a hat and women on a, on, you know, a special Shabbos or Yom Tov, uh, type of outfit. So then they would make a shafianu. So depending on whether or not you make a shachianu is whether or not you can buy slash wear that article of clothing. If you are not a shachianu maker, if it's not an article of clothes that you'd make a shachianu on, there's no problem. You can go ahead and buy it or wear it during the three weeks. There's no issue. Uh, it's only a problem if you are going to make the shachianu. On Shabbos, again, it's best to avoid it, to, to you know, to, you know, to not just in general not make a shachianu during the three weeks because of the Arizal. But again, if somebody uh, really needs to these new clothing, so then on Shabbos you can wear it and make that shachianu. Clothing before the clothing before alterations are made, like to buy something and the alterations aren't made yet, you don't make a shachianu yet. So to buy something during the three weeks that will eventually get the shachianu, but they're not ready. To, you know, not ready to be worn, but without the alterations, that is, that's okay. Um, a major purchase, uh, if it's a new car, somebody buys themselves a new car or some other major purchase, so depending on the type of simcha that's involved, um, there's a difference whether or not a person makes a shachianu. If it's your personal simcha, if you're buying yourself a new car and it's just for you and it's only about you, so then you would make a shachianu. If you're buying a family car, if you're buying something for a group of people that more than one person are going to have benefit from it, so then the bracha that's made is not shachianu, but rather the bracha that's made is hatova hametiv. You make a bracha that Hashem you know, is good and bestows good. That is, uh, that, that's if there are multiple people having the simcha and having benefit from it. So if a person is, if a single person is buying, buying himself a car, so then they make a shachianu. And therefore, they should not buy it during three weeks. If a family is buying themselves a car and it's going to be multiple people having benefits, so then the bracha on it would be hatova hametiv. And that is okay to buy during the three weeks. Uh, most people avoid moving during this time. And um, uh, if a person you know, is going to lose the house if they don't, buy it during this time, so then one is allowed to do so. Okay, the fourth category of Isser during the three weeks is the, uh, is making, is having a chasna. Now the truth is that unless the chasan has a son and a daughter, there is a mitzvah involved in his getting married, and since there is a mitzvah involved in his getting married, that would override um, that would override the, prob the problem of the three weeks. So technically, marriages are mutter during the three weeks. However, it's not a, an auspicious time to do so. So the reason we avoid having, or, or we don't, it's more than just avoid at this point in time. We just, well just we don't do it. So the reason that we do not have chasnas at this time is because 
it is uh, an inauspicious time to have uh, a new a, a new bias begin. To have an engagement um, without a Sa'uda is even mutter on Tishabav, to have uh, some sort of little you know, vart or something. To have a Sa'uda is okay up until Rosh Chodesh Av, and again, uh, during the three weeks, someone can get engaged, and they can dance without any music, no problem. Parties, like general, like party, birthday party, that kind of thing, um, parties are mutter until Rosh Chodesh Av, until the nine days, one can have a party. The last category of things, uh, the fifth category that one is not allowed to do during the two weeks, is things that are sakana, things that are dangerous. So uh, two things that come up. One is, uh, it's actually brought down about actually hitting kids, that one should avoid hitting kids at this time. Uh, it makes kids happy during this time, but whatever, it's still time of availus. And um, the other thing that's brought down is to avoid all kinds of if a person can avoid having a surgery or a medical procedure at this time, that is a good idea. It's not that a person shouldn't, you know, uh, uh, go to the dentist and get them or have a checkup. It's to avoid a situation of sakana. So if a person is going to uh, have a surgery in which they're put under, so that already uh, involves what we would consider sakana, and one should try to schedule that not during the three weeks if possible. Okay. So now, after the, you know, at the end of the three weeks come the nine days. Uh, it's part of the three weeks. But it's the, it, so from Rosh Chodesh Av and on, we descend deeper into the Avelos, and it gets a little more intense. So again, there are five things that are, yes? Um, so everything else besides these things can be done? Like if I want to take something to the tailor, can I do it during three weeks? Sure. And yes. If I want to wash and set my shape, I want to do that also? Yes. Okay, and fix a piece of jewelry, because I need to... Fix a piece of jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, suppose uh, you take exercise classes, they play music, should you not enjoy the music? To the best of your ability. I mean, <laughs> whatever, you know. I'm saying once you're not making it the first time, so then yeah. might as well just wait till after. Because yeah. anyway, it's not. Okay. If you're not getting it on the first time. Okay, you can't wait as well. I think. Or you could do what I'm saying. If, if your minute is, some people know that they have a minute that they, that they make Shachiyanu on Shabbos. So you just sort of, you know, do whatever it is, have it on Shabbos, and then make a Shachiyanu then. Could we go into a few more things that could be as Sakana? Like? Traveling, flying. Um, traveling flying during this time, like, that gets more intense during the nine days. Um, the, the problem of, of, you know, it's like, the things get a little more heightened, a little more intense during the kids have flights from Israel. nine days. So, generally, the way I've always uh, heard it from different Rosh Yeshiva is that if somebody's going to learn an extra day and end up flying during the nine days, they're better off than leaving yeshiva early and not flying during the nine days. 
like in yeshivas, they recommend, they'll tell a guy, if the, if the zaman is over, let's say on Tisha so somebody has to go back early, they have, you know, stuff going on, they can, you know, they, they need a little bit longer time in America, so they'll say, listen, whenever you have to go, go, and if it's during the three weeks, if it's during the nine days, the Torah that you've learned, be, until then, you're covered, don't worry about it. The Torah that you've learned up until then, Yeah, you. well, yeah, it's should better they, than... Should they, like, make a... Like a nether to try to make sure that they learn a certain amount or nah. during that time. They're okay. They're okay. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you something else. Yeah. Well, this could be like probably in the nine days. What about like doing something like going on a camping trip? Okay, we'll get we'll get to that in okay. a second. Okay. Okay. So now during the nine days, during the nine days, there are five categories of things that one should avoid. Number one is we try to be, it says, When Av comes, we have less Simcha. And it's the same, the, the, the end of that phrase in the Gemara is, So the same way that as Adar, we have a, an upsurge of Simcha throughout Adar. So we have the, you know, the, the opposite reaction during Av, in which we have a, a descending, going away from Simcha. That's number one. Number two is that there's a prohibition of eating meat and wine and products like that. Uh, number three is that there is a prohibition on bathing. Number four is making new clothes. And number five is laundry, laundering stuff. So, no. What was two? Two was a meat and wine. And number three was? One. Simcha, lowering simcha. Okay. Yeah, lowering simcha, yeah. meat and wine, bathing, making new clothes, and laundry. Okay, so now, yeah. Well, okay, so I'll give you a couple of examples, and then we'll see. So. It means, so first of all, buying something that will just make you happy, right? Like if you get a new fill-in-the-blank, right, you will be a happier person. You will, you know, you're not going to dance, but whatever, you know, you'll smile and it'll just make you, it'll, so then just don't do it during the nine days. Do it after, wait till after. So, um, Moshe Feinstein talks about buying a bookcase, I guess. That was a big deal back in the day, but, uh, you know, or for him, maybe it was a big deal. But um, having a bookcase, so he says, it's something that one should not um, have during, get during the nine days. And if one has to get it, don't use it. Don't use it. Don't, don't buy something, some new um, piece of furniture like that. Uh, also brought down is don't renovate, paint, um, decorate one's home during the nine days. Push all those jobs off. If somebody needs something, if you need a new sh- a shelf in your kitchen, you're, ki- you're going crazy without a certain shelf, if your food processor broke and you need a new one, that's fun because that's, not, that's just making life work. It's not about simcha. You know, I, I imagine people don't get special simcha from having a new food processor. You never know. Right. <laughs> then you might have other problems. Okay, anyway. Um, so... Uh, um, so mowing something like mowing the lawn, which certainly does not give 
men simcha, but um, mowing the lawn is something that if it's something that you do on a regular basis, like it's a weekly chore that just you always do every Sunday, whatever, so then it could be done. But any kind of special landscaping or gardening or things like that, if it's a hobby that makes a person feel good, so then they should avoid that. If you have hired a non-Jew to do the kind, this kind of stuff for you, and they just kind of show up whenever they want, like uh, you, you have a guy cut your bushes and mow your lawn, and you just never know when he's going to show up, and he just shows up and does it. So you don't have to chase him away, but you should try to arrange it that he not come during that time. If somebody has, you know, you arranged with some guy who's going to come paint your, you know, paint a room in your house, and he was supposed to come for the last three weeks, and you never know, and then just, you know, it shows up one day, and it's during the nine days. So if you can tell him, listen, you know, you didn't come the last four weeks, so maybe how about next week? You should do that. If he's like, listen, it's either now or never, so then you can have him do it, but make sure that there's no big, if, if people see like a truck or a van in front of your house and it seems like you're having renovations done to your house during this time, it just doesn't look right. So, you know, have him park around the corner or something, make sure that there's no zilzal, make sure that it doesn't seem to degrade the nine days. Certainly, if, they're, if you're trying to avoid some sort of damage, if somebody has a problem with their electricity or with something else that they're afraid something can short or something could, you know, some, some wall is, is not stable, uh, you know, a tree's going to fall down, chas v'shalom, and, and, you know, those kinds of situations to avoid, you know, damage and things like that, obviously that is not considered something of simcha and one can do it. Uh, it's a time of, of lousy mazel for Klal Yisrael. And therefore, if somebody has a court case and it's scheduled during this time, push it off. One should try to uh, postpone it. There's a machlokis, how long you should postpone it for. Does the, does it, is it the entire Av that's bad news? Or is it just till halfway through Av? In other words, test tuba Av is uh, a little bit of a yumptive, so that may be already things are on the upswing for us. So there are those that say you can have the court case after that, and others say to wait until uh, Rosh Chodesh El. One should, it's brought down, I saw brought down by obviously a more contemporary posig to avoid amusement parks during this time. This is not a time to go to amusement parks. It's not a time to have uh, a birthday party. Um, those kinds of things uh, to give, if you're going to give someone a present, and it's a really, really, really nice present, it's not, again, it's going to give someone, hopefully, you know, it will give the, the, uh, what is Shakespeare's line, right? It's the double blessed, uh, the, the giver and the receiver both uh, benefit when something nice is done like that. So it should be avoided during the nine days. Uh, it's brought down that shining silver. Um, somebody gets a thrill, thrill out of that. So that should be uh, avoided. And um, uh, ordering furniture, let's say you need to order something and it's going to come after Tishabov. So you want to order it let's say during the nine days, to come after Tisha B'Av. So, it's best to be avoided, but there are those that are makel in a situation where there's a necessity for it to happen then. You know, if you, if you just happen to be bored, you know, on Rosh Chodesh Av, and you want to order furniture, so then just, you know, find a different time to be bored and order it then. But if there's some sort of need for you to have it sooner, so then um, one can order it if it's going to be um, going to come later. Okay, Th those are the simple things. So something like, 
a camping trip, you know, it, it, it depends. If, you know, if it's really just like vacation and th it's not a great time for just like going off on a, on a you know, a wacky, wild, fun vacation. But if it's like the only opportunity somebody has to go away, if they have, you know, someone is going to watch their kids for, you know, 16 hours and they can, right, and get away for that specific time, so that would probably be a Dover Ha'avod, uh, and, uh, you know, something with that uh, one can't pass up and one can, uh, one can do so. So, it depends. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> During that time, specifically, right? Okay, well, that's when they're here. I mean, that's when they're here, right? Yeah, if they need, I mean, again, okay. it's. But they should, like, probably avoid dangerous activities, like yes. jumping off a cliff or something. No bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a cliff going into the Pacific Ocean or something. I don't know. Like, right. I'm just imagining much. What are you right there? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no cliff diving. Okay. Um, okay. So the next category of iser is uh, meat and wine. So um, it's interesting. There are two reasons brought down in Chazal as to why we don't have meat or wine during the nine days. One is because it gives a person simcha. These are good foods, and we try to avoid. You know, they they give a person extra simcha. The other is that. Since we don't have a mizbeach, so basar and yayin are two things that are brought on the mizbeach. There's, there's meat that's obviously brought on the mizbeach, and there's wine that's part of the nesachim that's poured on the mizbeach with the karbanos. So since the mizbeach doesn't have them, so we don't have them also. And it comes out that the, between these two reasons, there's a difference in the halacha, because um, while there are chunks of um, flesh of you know, oxen and bulls and, uh, and uh, goats that go on the Mizbeach, they don't have, the Mizbeach never got spaghetti and meatballs. So it would come out that according to that reason, spaghetti and meatballs would be all right, and so would grape juice. But we um, also uh, follow the opinion that there's an issue of simcha, and that's why all fleshics are totally knocked out during this time. What if it's not simple for you? You actually prefer dairy food. It's but still... For health reasons... Your doctors actually told you that you should have meat or chicken or something a certain number of days of the week. That would be. Uh, yeah, a real situation. Okay, so that we'd have to discuss that. Okay. In a real situation, yeah. Okay, um, meat ingredients would have to be like really bottled bashishim. Like to, things should not be flashics um, when you uh, have them. Uh, so you can use like a flashic pot, but you can't have like just a small amount of flashics in something. It cannot be, it has to really be no flashics. Um, on Shabbos, basar, yayin, it's all good. There's no reason to limit it at all, uh, 100%. People want to have it for shal shittas, even though, even if they wouldn't normally do such a thing, you know, because you want to get rid of the leftovers, that's, that's also okay, not a problem. You can give your kid um, Shabbos meal, even if, let's say, you live in some place where Shabbos starts at a million o'clock, and uh, even early Shabbos is very late, and so you're, you like to give your kid a Shabbos meal at 6.30, or, you know, and it's before Plag HaMincha, so you can't be Makabah Shabbos then. It's not Shabbos according to anybody, no way, no how. 
So can you give them a little bit of grape juice? Can you give them chicken soup and meat and, and chicken, whatever it is that you have on Friday night? So Rav Moshe Feinstein says that since this is their Shabbos meal, yes, you can. And it follows, obviously, that you can make early Shabbos. There's no issue of eating the basar and the yayin. Even though it's light outside, it's still Shabbos. It has the Kedusha Shabbos. And therefore, one is allowed to um, have the, the basar and at the time. Yeah? So two questions again. Number one, what age kid are we talking about? Is it chinuch or is it under bar mitzvah? Or is it? I would say under bar mitzvah. Okay, and what if they will still be up at the Shabbos meal? Maybe they'll eat again or something, but it's still their meal. That would be okay. Okay. Um, if it's like a snack, like on Shabbos afternoon, on Friday afternoon, in, in other words, like, if on Friday afternoon, so some people like have potato kugel, so some people have like chicken soup, and it really has nothing to do with like a Shabbos meal. You know, a lot of people, I think, like to give their kids Shabbos meals before Shabbos in the hope, maybe the vain hope, that their kids will actually go to sleep at some point before the end of the meal, and they will be full and, uh, you know, and go to sleep nicely. So if that's why you're giving it, so then it has a Shabbos, it has a Shabbos dikka reason for it, and then that's okay. What if it's more just the convenience that... The convenience, that's not exactly what's intended over here. Right? More has to be like, this is like their Shabbos type of thing. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of kids won't eat late. They'll just right. be so cranky. So, you know, so... But if, so if they're not going to eat later... Even if they may be up and driving everybody crazy, right? If they're not going to eat later, so then the, you can you you can give them to eat earlier. Uh, so a sudas mitzvah also one can have um, one can have uh, fleshics and wine at. We generally do not consider malav malka to be that kind of sudas mitzvah. Everybody gets very machmir about malav malka when it comes to the nine days, but nonetheless, it's still not considered a sudas mitzvah for this uh, for this purpose. As far as like making a siyam is concerned, so although there is this, it really started, it's very fascinating how in the camps, in the summer camps, so they started, uh, you know, that they made a siyam every day of the nine days. So that, um, and the real reason was that once upon a time, summer camp, even like, you know, the, right, all these summer camps in the Catskills, they all had some sort of like Kiravi component to them. And, and so it, the idea was that, Kids should not suffer and just have macaroni and cheese by the, you know, by the, you know, by the cook and camp every single meal of every single day for nine days straight. So it was to make things, you know, the, the Yiddishkeit of the camp more geschmack, like things were just more wonderful. So there was somebody who would make a siyam and then they would have the fleshiks. So it's kind of carried over and people still do it nowadays, even in all kinds of camps. There are, there are detractors on that. So a siyum of a naturally finished masechta, meaning that not that somebody finished a masechta six months ago and said, I really can't deal with having milchiks for you know, eight days in a row, so I'm just going to save my siyum. That is not what's intended over here when we talk about a su'udas mitzvah that falls out during the nine days. So here we're talking about a bris milah. So again, a lot of times in America we have a milchik bris, but fleshik bris is kind of uh, kind of the way to go. Um, so in that situation, that's, that would be okay. And a siyum that would happen naturally, that's all right. And it should also include generally like people who they would normally invite just to like call all of the Jewish world that may live in the New York area and say, come to my siyum and participate. That's, uh, that's also a little bit pushing it.
Uh, when it comes to kids, even kids that are not of chinuch age, the minhag is to not give them meat or wine or grape juice. Grape juice popsicles. Don't give them during the nine days. So uh, even, under? even under the age of chinuch. Now, if again, if there is some sort of need, and uh, you know there, there's there's some reason that they have to have meat, they need a certain amount of protein or whatever. So then, you know, there's shadow should be asked, and there's room to move. But b'derach klal, we don't. That is not what we do. Okay. Um, when it comes to uh, havdala, so the problem with havdala is that as soon as you make havdala. Shabbos is over. But then you have to drink the, the wine. So how does one drink the wine when Shabbos is over? So the Shulchan Aruch says that someone should give it to a kid who's old enough to understand the concept of brachas, but young enough to not be included in the, not, not really get the concept of avelos, which we um, have is about six or seven years old. So if you have a six or seven year old who's up at the time of Havdalah, uh, good luck to you. And also, <laughs> actually, I, I always do. So, um, and and uh, um, you should. Uh, the, so after making havdala, give the grape juice or wine to the well, grape juice in that case to the to the kid, and um, and they'll drink it for you. And they'll and then you'll be yotze. The the bar piyagafen was for them to drink. If they are so, first of all, only give it to a boy, not to a girl. That's a, that's a, that's a no no. And make sure that the kid really is, to give it to a four or five-year-old, so if the kid is not chayiv in brachos, if he really doesn't understand the concept of brachos, so then you're not yotze, you're havdalah by giving him the, the, the grape juice. So it really should be like a six or seven-year-old who gets brachos or thinking Hashem, etc. And um, it is, if a man has a choice between him, he himself drinking it or giving it to a girl who is six or seven years old, the man should drink it. And there are those that say that men can drink in Why? this situation. Why can't a girl drink it? There are different reasons brought down, but girls generally, the minute is not to give them have double wine. No, no, no. That's, that's how they scare them. Okay. Right? Uh, now there, there are other reasons, but they might not be chayiv in Havdala. There's a shaila if a woman is chayiv in Havdala. So if they're not chayiv, so then they can't fulfilled, they're not on equal footing with the men as far as being able to drink it. The, the beard thing is just a way of scaring them into like, yeah, you sure you want to drink it? You get a beard. Right. You know, so that kind of scares them off. Um, okay, so um, I think we have to um, hold it here for tonight. And so if uh, so next Wednesday night, Mr. Shem, we'll finish off, we have two more, uh, three more categories within the nine days to do, and then we'll talk about Erev Tishabab and Tishabab and finish off.